0: One three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
1: And welcome into the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad that you've joined us on the Virtual Bible Study tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father Greg Gwynn is here. Hello, Dad.
2: Jacob, good to be with you on the Virtual Bible Study this Thursday night. A little rainy here in Columbia, Tennessee, but we need that rain and We're just grateful for God's blessings and the blessing of being able to get on the Internet and talk to people all over the country, literally all over the world. Anybody who wants to tune in can and be a part of this online Bible study. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're
1: glad you've taken the time to be a part of it. Dad, we've got an interesting discussion for tonight.
2: We have a special guest. Want to introduce him? That's right. We have a a guest uh, that we learned about through some advertisements that he's taken out in the Nashville Tennessean. Kenneth G. is joining us from Nashville. And he has recent, in recent days had several uh, ads that he placed in the Nashville, Tennessean to describe how that he had an experience and believes that he received a revelation from the Lord. And we want to talk with him about that and talk about the broader question of latter-day revelations and and uh, what does the Bible teach, what should we think about the idea that God would give Latter-day revelations, additional information uh, uh, in addition to what we find in the Bible. Kenneth, thanks for joining us on the virtual Bible study.
3: Yes, sir. Glad to be here.
2: We want to know a little bit about your uh, your background, uh, maybe your religious upbringing, but also, if you can, briefly tell us about the experience that you had in which you believe that you had this revelation from God.
3: Well, um, actually it wasn't uh, an instant revelation. I had a motorcycle wreck in nineteen seventy two and I had a religious experience. I believed Jesus Christ was there. I believed that I met him and I believed that I was um, shifting between reality between um Jesus reality and 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 the worldly reality. And then uh um, it took me several weeks to even remember that. I mean, I had a, a severe cerebral contusion, a very severe hit, hit to the head. Anyway, um, I, in order to understand what happened to me, it's taken me uh, like um, um, 30 years. And just now, just recently, I believe I'm at a position where I can share this information.
2: Uh, well, uh, t- t- tell us about now. Now you told us just earlier that you were raised a Baptist. Were you were you an active were you active in the Baptist faith prior to this episode? Uh, well,
3: I, I was a member of the Bellevue Baptist Church, and I still love the people in the Bellevue Baptist Church, and it's a wonderful church. But uh, now I now live in Nashville, and, and I am without church currently.
1: Now, now, would you uh, you had a motorcycle wreck from looking at your website. Uh, sounds like you had a pretty serious accident. And yeah. uh, I think you were in and out of maybe consciousness for a while. Would you say that your experience? Yeah. Would you define your experience as a, as what people refer to as a near death experience?
3: It was a near death experience, but but the information I got from that experience was not the revelation. The revelation was from my over seventeen years of diligent Bible study, where I I, the, the, uh, I did because the inspiration from the from the motorcycle race, and and I, I've been through I've been working on this project for almost
2: eighteen years now, and um, I have learned so much. In fact, uh, well, well I've Kenneth, let, let me I've, ask I've you learned. now in your in your ad in your ads in the Tennessean, you uh, uh, describe yourself as a prophet. Now, as a, yeah. my understanding of prophet is one who receives direct revelation from God, and, and so this is. Let me make sure I'm clear. This information that you've gotten, and, and we can talk a little bit about it, but that's uh, it's information about how creation may correspond with evolution and so forth. We can talk about that. Uh, well,
3: a little. actually, actually, evolution has no say so, and, and and evolution has no part of creation.
2: Okay, I want to talk. Science, I want to talk about that in a minute, but but what I want to make sure that uh, that I'm understanding you you believe that that the lord supplied this information to you not not through exclusively just your study of the scriptures that were already written but through some special information that he passed on to you in the course of all this accident and so forth am i right in that
3: well actually um I received the right information during the after the wreck and with, with my near death experience. But but uh, all that I've learned, I've learned through diligent study of the Bible, and that was inspired by this accident. Well, uh, would, by the near death experience.
2: Would you have ever been able to come to these conclusions that you have today, had it not been for this experience that you had?
3: I would not. I would not know. I would have not, no, not have done. I would not have studied the Bible as I have without that near-death, experience, the inspiration that I gained from the near-death experience.
1: Okay. What did, what did you learn in the near-death experience that prompted you uh, on this uh, journey?
3: Well, I learned that God, you know, I mean, I uh, reaffirmed that God is love, and, and he came and, and to this earth became a man, suffered and died for my sins personally, and, and I'm set free of the world because of the, his love and grace.
2: Okay. Well, now, would that, but... but... That information, is that any different than what you would have known before through a study?
3: No, no, not necessarily, but what I've learned, um, the inspiration I got from the near-death experience has has, um, caused me to to, uh, be involved in this 18-year Bible study, which has opened up a lot of information concerning creation, and it it just... um, it's
2: wonderful. And, is this information? And, and, is this information new information? in other words, is this things that men have never known before? Well,
3: uh, there's people who got to know it. I mean, but, but nobody, and there's no church at this point that, that um is, is, has gotten based on this understanding of the seven days of creation.
2: Okay. Now, you said when you had this experience that you saw Jesus. Is that right?
3: I didn't really see him, but he was there. Um, and I also believe that the angel of death on a pair of horses with hell following was also there.
2: Okay, so you saw some kind of, in this situation, you saw some kind of spiritual beings?
3: Well, I didn't see that they were, they were behind the a monolith. The monolith and light was coming from the other side, and, and what I was receiving and the information and and the dialogue, you know, they just, it was just obvious to me that that's who it had to be, you know, it had to be Jesus.
2: Okay, and, so and you say there was dialogue. There was dialogue that took place between these beings and you?
3: Me and Jesus, yes. He asked me, he said, well, how do you want to come out of this wreck, you know, what injuries do you want? I said, well, I don't want to have any injuries. He said, well, is there anything you want to do for me? I said, yeah, I would like to understand the, the true understanding of the seven days of creation. He said, well. Well,
2: you can do that. He gave me permission. Okay, now, you, you, uh, no, he gave you permission. You, this was something special, something that that you would not have had otherwise. No, no. What I'm trying to what I'm trying to get to here, Kenneth, is that uh, you know you this this idea of, of receiving a special revelation, something something that uh, I, for instance, have never I've, I've never had anything like that. Are you saying that your situation was unique to you that others have not had?
3: Well, um, and the inspiration to, to study the Bible, as I have studied it, is unique to me because you know nobody else has, has come up with these conclusions. So obviously, nobody else has studied the the, uh, the creation as I have studied it, and I believe that it was inspired. Well, it was inspired by this meeting.
1: Now, based on the conclusions you've come to, you've uh, you, you've alienated yourself, I guess, from uh, most other religious people.
3: Well, when I, when, I, when I go to church and go into Sunday school, you know, I, I talk the way I believe, and, and nobody could understand me because, you know, and, and, and I just could not fit in. Um, this information—there's a tremendous amount of information that I found out about, and and and, it, and it's it's all absolutely consistent with with the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, and God and the Father and the Son and and, uh, and Holy Spirit, but um, it's just. A different view of the, of the creation, where day one is in spirit, and day uh, the, this universe wasn't made until we are in day four of the creation right now. This is how come this now Jesus can say today, to come criminal. he said today we'll be in paradise, and he's talking about today, day four of the creation today.
2: Okay, okay now uh, let me understand your <clears throat> this this information that you have. You you're not saying that you have information that's different from the bible you're just saying that you were given a key of understanding or interpretation of the bible is that correct well,
3: yeah that's i guess that sounds, pretty, yeah, that sounds right yeah you know, i was given the, the motivation inspiration and, and maybe a, a a key to how to understand um how to understand the bible
2: you know, and right, how, how how do you think that how let me ask you this kenneth How is your ability, your uh, this gift of understanding that you've received? How how would that be different than, say, for instance, in the past we've studied with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and and their and their leaders in the Watchtower Society, the Jehovah's Witnesses claim that they've been given this gift of interpreting the scriptures, a divine power to interpret and understand the scriptures. what what would be the basis for us to say Kenneth really does have such special divine powers to understand, and the Jehovah's yeah, well, Witnesses maybe don't. I mean, you see what I'm asking.
3: Well, um, I, I've written I've written the work. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard to understand without an advocate for the work, but um, the work can stand on its own. It is proven. It proves itself. In many many instances, it it, uh, it, it just. Uh, my, um, uh, it shows the Bible as a record of the seven days, starting with day one in chapter two of Genesis, and ending with day seven at
2: the end of Revelation. Uh, Kenneth, we've got a, we've got an email question from a listener up in Missouri who writes in and says, "How do you know your revelation is from God and not from Satan? In other words, how how, how would how can you be sure?" That these feelings, this experience, these things that you went through, associated with your wreck and the things that followed, how 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 can you be sure that this is something that God sent and not Satan? Because it's consistent, it's consistent with uh, with
3: His plan. It's consistent with His His uh, plan to, to bring man to heaven with Him. It's, it's, everything is consistent with um, with Jesus. And, and, and with, with what he's trying to do, what he has done, he has defeated the world, and he, he has rescued man from the earth, from the world, and he's taken us as the New Jerusalem to heaven with
1: him. Now, okay. Kenneth, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, where it tells us, "Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world." Amen. Uh, I, and so we have the responsibility to try people who are saying that they're prophets and that they're uh, that they're from God, and they may not be from God. From First John chapter four, verse one. How do you how do you prove that that your prophecy and your revelation is from God? How can you prove well, that? How can you prove that to me so that I can I can try? That's
3: and... my problem. That's my problem. In order to understand how this is from God, is you got to understand the word, and there's just so much there. It's, it's hard for me. To to get understanding across to, to somebody else. So if you could understand the word and what I written, you know, you you'd know, obviously, we're sure, that's that's it, you know, because everything fits, and uh, you know, in the Bible, everything everything uh, works. You know, it takes science out of the uh, creation evolution argument. There is no creation evolution argument because um, man was created on day one, and the universe didn't even exist
2: on day one, so so therefore it's not an issue. Let me ask you, now we got a follow-up question to the one uh, that our, our Missouri listeners ask of, asking a, an additional question here in his email. He says, should this modern-day revelation like you've had, should this be put into the New Testament? In other words, you said you've created a, a written work. Based upon all of this that that's been revealed to you and and all this experience that you've had, would it would it be such a thing that we ought to start including this as a as a new part of the New Testament? In other words, that we should have an extra book, maybe after the Book of Revelation. And, and...
3: Well, I think the, I think the leaders of Christ's Church you take a serious look at it and 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 try to and understand it.
2: And then, and then, you know, then it'll be obvious. I mean, it's, it's God's word. I mean,
3: it's what He meant. It, it, well, it but got everything is, together. Is, and, is that a yes? Is that a yes or a no? Do you think? Do, I mean, you know, I've canon have i read the uh, part of this, what should be in the Bible. You know, I mean, you know, I'm 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 just. Uh, I'm just uh, 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 A you know, I just, I just uh, well, I it I understand again. it. I
2: understand I just, it, but you see what the, the, the reason I'm asking that question. I don't, I don't mean to be putting you on the spot, but I'm just asking you that question for the sake of saying, if, if the things revealed to you are from God, the information directly from God that you have an understanding of that others don't have an understanding of. In other words, if your understanding is is like the Apostle Paul's was when he wrote the book of Romans. Then what would be what would keep us from adding Kenneth G uh, Kenneth G's book of prophecy right alongside?
3: Romans, okay, uh, yeah, I, I think it does belong. I, do. I think it does belong. It's it's that important. I mean, it, it uh, frees the Christian faith from any worldly purposes. Okay. All right, there well, Kenneth, that, there is absolutely no nothing that the world can have to criticize.
2: Uh, the Christian Fight Okay. Well, Kenneth, uh, we, we uh, indicated to you we would, wouldn't keep you more than 15 minutes or so. We appreciate your time. And, uh, we, we appreciate you describing to us the, the feelings you have about the experience that you received and so forth. Uh, as, as I told you, uh, w- when we talked earlier, we come from a different perspective on that. Uh, yes, but, but we do appreciate you joining us and telling us your part of the story. And we're going to continue to investigate this as we continue uh, here with the virtual Bible study. But we, we thank you for joining us there in Nashville, Tennessee. God bless you. Thank you, Thank Kenneth. You much. Thank you. Bye
1: bye. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Kenneth G. What do you think about what he said? We'd like to hear from you. We're going to take a break, and we'll get our thoughts together. We'll wait to hear your thoughts at nine three one three eight one four five six seven, or email us questions at collegeview.com. dot com. What do you think about what Kenneth G. has said about his claim that he has a latter day revelation? <laughs> How do you know that you shouldn't follow Kenneth G., or or should you be following Kenneth G.? What are your thoughts about that? Let us know. We'll take a break, and be right back right after this.
0: Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement.
1: Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great. I'll see you there.
3: Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find that it's easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by the College U Church of Christ. I'm Arthur Haynes from Kaleoka, Tennessee. And one of my greatest highlights of the week is to listen to the Virtual Bible Study.
0: And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3, 17. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad you're with us tonight, and we're looking forward to hearing from you. The number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at com. Again, we thank Kenneth G. for joining us tonight and Tad. But he said some things that are concerning, and the fact is that he alluded to the fact that he had a special revelation from God, had information that uh, led him to get to where he is today, information that we all don't share from the New Testament or from the Bible, and uh, he he got that from from God in a near-death experience.
2: Yeah, uh, maybe a little bit hard to understand exactly how all that transpired. He wasn't quite as clear as as I hoped he could be explaining how his near death experience, uh, whatever that is, because I'm not sure when people talk about near death experiences, I'm not exactly sure what that is uh, from a from what the Bible teaches. But we never really got an ex, uh, at least a clear explanation of how that related. <coughs> excuse me, from his experience to what to this information he got. But I think the key is that he said that. What he's written deserves to be in the Bible.
1: That's exactly right. Uh, he says he has a revelation from God that should be included in the Bible. What do you think about that? How do we know? How, how could we determine if Kenneth G. does have something that should be included in the Bible? Let us know your thoughts. What about a latter-day revelation? The number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at com. The fact of the matter is Kenneth G.'s claim is not unique, and in Probably not very uncommon for someone to say that they have a special revelation from God. So, how do we take anyone who makes that claim, Kenneth G. or or anybody else? How do we take their claim and decide whether or not it is, in fact, a revelation from God?
2: Well, as you said, Jacob, his claim is not unique. Of course, there's been some well-known people in the course of time who've claimed to have those kind of revelations. Joseph Smith claimed that he had those kind of revelations and it led to the writing of the Book of Mormon and his other writings that he claimed were from God. And then, as I mentioned on the phone to Kenneth G., the Jehovah's Witnesses, their Watchtower Society claims that they are given divine insights to allow them to interpret the New Testament. And so what he's saying is is not unique. And the question is, how do we put that to the test and should we accept that? Should should we have a Bible with, with Prophet Kenneth G.'s book inserted? Or should we accept the Book of Mormon? Or should we uh, give special credence to the interpretations of the Watchtower Society of the Jehovah's Witnesses? Those are the kind of questions we've got to ask. Uh, and and we want to get our listeners to give us some input on that. How would you answer this? when When Kenneth G., who calls himself a prophet, says, Now, what I've written is important and would would deserve to be included in, a, in the Bible. How are we going to respond to him on that?
1: Well, you know, how do we respond to anyone who makes a claim to have a prophetic revelation from God? But how do we, you know, the question could be even expanded. How do we determine if anyone is teaching the truth? Ephesians 4.14 would reference Kenny G, I think. When it says that we, henceforth, be no ch- more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. There's a lot of people out in the world today who are lying in wait to deceive. So how do we determine if they're teaching us the truth? How do we determine if their revelation really is from God? We'd like to hear from you. Give us your thoughts on the phone at 931-381-4567 or send us an email to questions at com. We're waiting to hear from you on the virtual Bible study tonight. If you're just joining us, we just had a discussion with Kenneth G. He believes he's a Latter-day prophet, has a revelation from God, had a near-death experience in which he was given the, given the permission by Jesus Christ to explore the days of creation. And he has come up with some new teachings about the days of creation that he believes should be included as part of the Bible. He believes they're that important. How do we know that
2: Kenneth G. is not from God. Jacob, we might start out by saying, you know, there have there, there have been in in the course of of human history, there have been people who did receive revelations from God. In fact, we believe that our Bibles are composed of things written by people who received direct revelations from God. But those things that are written in the Bible had had a had a a means of confirmation, a, a way of proving that they really were from God. For instance, in Mark chapter sixteen, verse nineteen, right at the very end of the gospel of Mark, it said, After the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God, and they that's talking about the inspired apostles, they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. And so their their revelation was supernatural. God gave it to them but god also gave them a means of confirming that these things were from him the miracles that were performed by those inspired apostles and other first century christians who had the direct revelation of the holy spirit those miracles were for the purpose of confirming the word that they were preaching this was a new this was a new thing the 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 doctrine of jesus christ was brand new in the world it was being revealed through them but but God in his wisdom saw that there was a need to have confirmation, a way of, of saying, yes, indeed, this is from me. And that's what the miracles did when when the apostles went about raising the dead, uh, when they went about healing the sick, when they went about speaking in tongues and so forth. Those miracles served as a means of confirming their revelation that that it was from God. We asked
1: Kenneth G. how we would know that we should believe him. He said, well, you can't really know until you get into what I've written and then try and understand it, and then you would see. The people in the first century didn't have to read what the apostles were writing and really spent a lot of time studying it to know they were from god they saw the miracles and they could believe but what they were saying was the truth it wasn't some vague thing that was difficult for them to to grasp they saw the miracles and therefore they knew these people were from god and therefore because of the miracles they paid attention to what they heard
2: yeah i think uh, that kenneth said there when we were interviewing him jacob that when you said how how can we know for sure that what you are teaching is from god he said well that's that's a problem he said that's a problem." You just really got to basically read it and get into it and see that it makes sense before you can know that it's from God. As you say, that's not the process that existed back when the New Testament, for instance, was being written. When these men were receiving revelation, God was also empowering them to work miracles as a sign of confirmation that this message was from him. And so that would be the big difference. If the, prob- somebody-
1: the problem is there are a lot of things that people are saying that make sense to me on a uh, on a personal or on a fleshly level makes sense to me but they're not from God and they're in fact they're contra- contradictory to what God has said just because it makes sense to me doesn't mean it's from God so Kenneth's proof there doesn't uh, doesn't prove it to me when he says if you'll read it it'll make sense to you and you'll see it's from God that doesn't prove it to me
2: you know again that that uh, line of argumentation is not unique if you, if any of our listeners have ever studied with the uh, Mormons and you ask them, how can I know that the Book of Mormon is from God? They'll say, well, just read it and pray about it, and God will let you know he'll give you a, a warm feeling in your heart. Uh, well, you know, again, that's, that's different from what I read about in the Scriptures. The number to call is 931
1: 381 4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. We'd like to hear from you. We'd like to hear your thoughts about what Kenneth G. said and about his near death experience and the resulting revelation about the days of creation do we believe kenneth g or do we question what he has said let us know your thoughts on the virtual bible study tonight
2: jacob uh, one of the things we've got to get into here is the fact that anybody kenneth g joseph smith of the mormon faith the watchtower society the jehovah's witnesses or anybody else who claims to be receiving a latter-day revelation is making that claim really in contradiction to what the scriptures themselves teach. The Bible teaches that it is God's complete and final revelation to mankind. And if that is the case, then we can dismiss out of hand. And without investigation, we can dismiss what Kenneth or anybody else is teaching because we already have all of God's revelation. It is complete and finished and final um, I know we're coming up. Looks like on a break here, Jacob. But let's, let's start that discussion, and maybe some of our listeners can uh, get us uh, uh, some input. If you believe the Bible is complete and final, what arguments would you use to prove that? If you think that the that more information is needed, uh, tell us how that could be received and confirmed. But give us an email along that line. We're taking the position that the Bible is God's complete and final revelation, and one verse that I would use to to really stress that is Second Timothy chapter three verses sixteen and seventeen. It says they're all scriptures given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Notice the scripture, the things that are written. Are given by inspiration of God that that expression given by inspiration literally means breathed out by God uh, in other words, it's as though God himself spoke the very words you breathe out to speak words, God breathed out these words, he spoke these words, these are the very words of God, and they are such that it makes it is possible for the man of God to be perfect or complete. Furnished completely to every good work, in other words, if it's a good thing that you need to be doing, it's in the Bible, and we don't need additional revelations in order to make that make that possible. In other words, I'm not waiting here, hoping to receive critical information that is missing uh, that that Kenneth or Joseph Smith or somebody else might supply i don't I don't have to wait with bated breath hoping that this needed information is somehow going to get out there so that I can find out what God wants me to be doing. The Bible says that it supplies every bit of the information uh, that I need.
1: The number calls 931-381-4567. The email address you use is questions at com. We'll look forward to hearing from you and your thoughts. You know, Dad, as we talked about the fact that the Bible claims that it is complete, even while the Bible was being re, uh inspired and revealed in Galatians chapter one, verses eight and nine, Paul said, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that, which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say it now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, than that you have received, let him be accursed. Paul said that if even in the first century, if someone said different, taught differently than what the Bible had said, said it was a revelation from God, and it was different than what had already been revealed, they should be accursed. Even in the new, first century, in the New Testament church, Dad, people couldn't make the claims like Kenneth G. has made and say that they have a revelation from God that's different than what uh, we already have been revealed.
2: That's right. We got an email from Jeffrey uh, who says, where's the proof? If this individual has a revelation from God, then where is the proof? The apostles did not just speak the word. They proved the word. And I think Jeffrey's exactly right that uh, a revelation from God, really, always a revelation from God came with confirmation that it was from God. There was proof. No no one was expected to believe what someone said apart from that confirmation that came along with the revelation. And so uh, w- we would need that, and obviously that's not forthcoming. You know, so. if
1: Kenneth G. could work a miracle, if he could raise someone from the dead... Or if he could cause a blind person to see.
2: I'd be <laughs> believing what Kenneth G had said. Well, th- that would certainly make us make set up and take notice, right? Uh, and
1: if it was, in, and it was in parallel with what the Bible had said, right? Yeah, we'd have to take notice, and we'd have to, uh, we'd have to follow it if he could prove that it was from God. Thank you for your email, Jeffrey, and thank you for listening to the virtual Bible study. We'll look forward to taking your email questions at 381 dot com nine three one three eight one four five six seven. Stay tuned. We'll continue right after this.
0: Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again.
1: Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you
0: knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock, it's the show that television magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN.
2: I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny.
1: I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study.
2: Share your
0: comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program.
1: And welcome back to the program tonight. We're glad you're with us as we look at Latter-day Revelations. If you're just joining us, we spoke earlier in the program with Kenneth G. He's from Nashville. He had a motorcycle accident, had a near-death experience, saw and or talked to what he believes was Jesus Christ, and had a indication that he should study creation and has come up with a new revelation about creation and has written a work about it and says it should be included in what the Bible in the pages of the Bible should be added on to our Bibles and maybe at the end of our Bibles dad maybe we need an appendix with Kenneth G's works on creation that's what he has said we're comparing that with what the Bible says we said the Bible claims that it is complete and it's all that we need
2: yeah, I think that there we were looking at some verses that maybe teach that, and Mindy from Jackson, Tennessee, has emailed in and said the Bible is complete. I would use this verse, Second Peter 1, verse 3, which says, Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. If he's granted to us everything, then that means there's not anything lacking. So we're not in need of Latter day Revelations. We don't need additional information. And so I think Mindy's exactly right. Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study tonight, Mindy.
1: Thank you for your comments. The number to call is 931 381 4567. We'd like to hear from you. The email address to use is questions at collegeview dot com. Nine three one three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeview dot com.
2: Jake you know in the in the book of Revelation we were we were seeing maybe an additional book would be added right after the book of revelation but actually the very last verses of the book revelation warn about trying to do anything like that in revelation chapter 22 verse 18 it says i testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book if any man shall add unto these things god shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book and if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. And I think there where he's talking about this book, he's talking about the book of Revelation. But the principle there is true of what God has revealed. Don't add to it. Don't take from it.
1: Galatians 1.8 and 9 again says that if you do, if you say something different than what's in the Bible, you should be accursed. Well, what do you think, Dad? What about these latter-day revelations, um, how do we know that uh, that something's from god
2: well the bible as we've been saying here the bible stakes a claim that it is god's complete final revelation therefore it excludes any additional latter day revelations but the, the 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 test is is there proof of the claim the bible makes the claim is there proof of the claim that it is god's complete and final revelation and, and basically what we're asking there, Jacob, is are, are there uh, signs of divine inspiration when we look to the Bible? Does, does it does it contain evidence that would support the claim that it is from God and it's complete and it's final? And I think that the definite answer to that is yes. Uh, for instance, one of the things that we often cite as a proof of Bible inspiration is how that it is a perfect harmony and there are no contradictions in it, which is really a unique thing. When you stop to consider the fact that the Bible was written by about 40 different human penmen, I think that's a fair way to to represent them. They were penmen. They weren't authors. They didn't make it up as they went along. God used them to write down his words. He used about 40 different men who wrote over a period of 1,500 years. They came from a wide variety of different social, economic, geographic backgrounds uh, different educations and so forth. They didn't even all speak the same languages. Clearly, they were not able to sit down around a, a conference table somewhere and and you know kind of put their heads together and decide what they were going to say on a given subject. They all worked relatively, I mean, uh, relatively independent. Some of them knew one another. Some of them would have had a chance to confer with one another, but not many of them. But but the finished work, the finished product of their work, when you compile it all in one bound volume, as we do, and call it the Bible, there's no contradiction in it. It's a perfect harmony. And I and I simply argue that that could not have happened if it were not for the fact that God was guiding that process, that he was making it so. By virtue of the fact that everything they wrote was from one source, from God, I think proves it to be uh uh, a book different from any book ever written. We look at the characteristics
1: of what was written, Dad, and we can we can just look at the Bible itself, and it it must be from God because of its characteristics. It has no harm, no contradictions, perfect harmony. Also, has fulfilled prophecy, and uh, we look at the numerous prophecies in the in the Bible. They were fulfilled. If they were fulfilled with the detail that they were fulfilled with, then certainly it must be from God.
2: Yeah, you know, um, at various times I've tried to make this point in some lessons that I've taught, and one of the examples of fulfilled Bible prophecies that I think is so amazing, and and usually when we study it, people are always impressed with the uniqueness of some of the prophecies made by the prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament concerning the city of Tyre. Um, I might just briefly go over that because I, I don't know how many of our listeners may have studied that. ezekiel made his prophecies in 590 bc and he made prophecies about a number of things and one of the things he prophesied was this city of tyre and he prophesied that many nations were going to attack that city and the first would be babylon led by their great king nebuchadnezzar he made that prophecy in ezekiel 26 verses 3 through 7 and it came true. Uh, less than 20 years after he made the prophecy, Tyre was attacked by Nebuchadnezzar. Somebody might argue that was not so special. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar was was uh, basically attacking everybody in those regions in that day. His was the, the, the great uh, empire of the world in that time. And so for Ezekiel to predict that Tyre would be attacked by Nebuchadnezzar wasn't anything special. Probably anybody could have made that prediction that may be a fair criticism but that wasn't all that ezekiel said in chapter 29 verse 18 he said that nebuchadnezzar would receive no spoil from the city now that's a little bit unusual that'd be a little bit unusual prediction because typically when kings conquered cities they did it for the purpose of accumulating the wealth and spoil from those cities that they conquered but ezekiel said nebuchadnezzar will get no spoil from the city of tyre well that was fulfilled in a unique way. Again, less than 20 years later when the Babylonians came, attacked Tyre, they besieged the city. And while the city was being besieged, it was a seacoast town. And during the siege of the city, the people took the wealth and escaped to an offshore island, about a half mile offshore. So that when the city eventually fell, there was no spoil left in it for Nebuchadnezzar to claim. And Ezekiel's prophecy came true. Uh, again that's pretty amazing and it's hard to imagine how ezekiel could have had that insight without help from god but that's not that's still not all ezekiel went on to prophesy in chapter 26 verses 4 and 12 that the dust of the city was to be scraped from the area and it would be left like the top of a rock and the ruins of the city would be cast into the sea now that did not happen when Nebuchadnezzar came. That happened actually more than 250 years later, when Alexander the Great and his Greek army came into the same regions, the people and their wealth were still centered on that offshore island, so Alexander's army scraped the ruins of the city, cast them into the sea, made a causeway out to the island, marched out there, conquered them, and took their wealth. And interestingly just recently I read an article where that the, the remains of that causeway built by the Greek army is still in evidence there off the sea coast where the city of Tyre was and uh but but again Ezekiel made that prophecy it was more than 250 years later when it came true how could he know how could he possibly have known that that was going to happen and the answer is only because God was giving him that information and so as you said, Jacob, one of the great proofs of Bible inspiration, and, and we had an emailer who said, Where's the proof? Kenneth G says he has a prophecy. Where's the proof? The great proof of Bible inspiration is in these fulfilled prophecies.
1: The Bible has no contradictions. It is prophetically accurate. The prophecies are accurate. It is scientifically accurate. It is geographically accurate. It is historically accurate. The Bible is clearly inspired from God. What about these latter-day revelations? We would propose that they do not possess the same characteristics. And so, Dad, we've made a couple of points, and the fact that it is that if someone says something different than the Bible, then it obviously is not from God, because it would, God does not contradict himself. We've also said that there's no need for latter-day revelations because the Bible claims to be inspired, and it claims to be the complete inspired will of God.
2: So there is no need for a latter-day revelation. I think that's exactly right. One of the ways I can remember, I can always remember preachers making the point, if it's more than the Bible, it's wrong. If it's less than the Bible, it's wrong. If it's the same as the Bible, we already got the Bible. We don't need it. And so that's that's a good way to look at it, I think. Let's take one break and come back. It'll be the
1: last break of the hour. And then we're going to go to the top of the hour. Dad, I want to talk about when we get back. Kenneth G. said that he had permission from Christ to study this, and really he needed this, uh, this near-death experience to be what would cause him to have the ability to understand these things that he's revealed. Do we need some type of experience with Christ to be able to understand his will and his word? Do we need that experience, or could we just open up our Bibles and study God's word? and come to the conclusions that we need to come to. Let's talk about that when we get back from the break. And we'd like to you to jump in on the program. You do so by calling 931-381-4567 or by emailing questions at collegeview.com. Don't go away. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this.
0: You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the Virtual Bible Study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time.
1: Hello, my name's Jeffrey Vernon. I'm 13, and this is the Virtual Bible Study.
0: Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the Virtual Bible Study every week. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. Thank you for joining us. And we want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. If you have any questions about what we're all about, visit our website, collegeview.com, or call us at 931-381-4567 anytime during the week. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com with your questions about the College View Church of Christ. Or, better yet, come and visit with us anytime, Sunday mornings at 9.30, Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock, or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We'd like for you to come and join us at the College View Church of Christ. We look forward to meeting you soon.
2: Jacob, we've got an email from Bob in Linville, Tennessee. Bob, we're glad you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. He said, in this discussion, be sure to include Jude verse 3. Jude verse 3 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And that's the King James Version. The New American Standard Version says, contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. And so I think Bob's point is a good one. Jude verse 3 is another verse that says this is a finished thing. It was once for all delivered to saints. That, mean, that indicates its finality. We need to have the same faith and understanding that the people in the
1: first century, the people who would have read Jude 3, we need to have exactly the same faith and understanding that they had because they had everything that we need to have. Exactly right. All right. The number calls nine three one three eight one four five six seven. 931-381-4567. The email address you use is questions at com. Thank you, Bob, for listening, and thank you for your comment on the program tonight.
2: Um. What about um, the idea, you asked the question, Jacob, about uh, the idea that we could need special permission to investigate or study a a Bible subject. What about that?
1: Well, you know, a lot of people say that uh, they needed some kind of uh, vindication from God about certain things. They needed God to speak to them in some way so they could understand what he wanted from them. You know, we hear a lot about that, Dad. We hear people who are at certain points in their life and they just ask God for some type of understanding for his will for them and uh, they hear some voice in the the middle of the night that tells them uh, a revelation that they wouldn't have normally had and uh, they just had to have this special help from God to understand what he wanted from them in their life don't believe that God works that way dad I believe that he's revealed his will to us in
2: the bible and we can understand it exactly right in fact uh the bible says we can understand it in ephesians chapter 3 verses 3 and 4 paul said by revelation god made known unto me the mystery as i wrote a four in few words whereby when ye read ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of christ in other words god revealed it to paul paul wrote it down you can read it and understand it that's pretty straightforward don't need a near-death experience to understand what
1: Paul wrote. You don't need a near-death experience to understand the days of creation because when God revealed his word, it could be understood when we read it.
2: Exactly so. In fact, not only can it be done, Jacob, God actually commands us to understand it. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's a command to understand. Now, God doesn't command us to do things that can't be done. When when we're commanded, Ephesians five seventeen to understand what the will of the Lord is, that means it must be a doable thing. Certainly, it is a command that
1: is a doable command. It is not an impossibility. God gave us a command there that we could fulfill the command to be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is.
2: Got an email from Mike here in Columbia. Mike says, another verse we can use to show that we have all truth from God is 2 Timothy 2.15. The New American Standard Version says, be diligent to present yourself, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of truth. We have the word of truth and we do not need any other revelations today. Do I believe the Bible, the Mormons, the Watchtower Society, and Kenneth G.? well obviously the bible is all we need he says so thanks mike for that email and i think a good point we appreciate you listening tonight
1: thank you for listening tonight mike thank you for your comments plenty of time to take your questions or comments the number to call is 931-381-4567 we'd like to hear from you on the phone tonight with your thoughts about latter-day revelations or we'd like to take an email from you questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use join in on the discussion now still plenty of time to go
2: Now, if you know another another argument that we could make that would establish the fact that men can understand the Bible, we could put a couple of things together. First, Timothy two, verse four says, God will have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So what God wants everybody to be saved and and he wants them to come to a knowledge of the truth. But. The knowledge of the truth is essential for salvation. John eight thirty two says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You've got to know the truth in order to be made free from sin. You've got to know the truth in order to be saved. So, And God wants all and, men. And God wants all men to be saved. Therefore, he wants all men to know the truth. Exactly right. Does he appear to
1: all men in a near-death experience and tell them that they have permission to know the truth?
2: You know, something that, that uh, we could argue here is that why why did... Why did Kenneth G get that? Why, why didn't you get that, Jacob? How come you never had, uh, uh, you know, an appearance of that nature? In Acts chapter ten and verse thirty-four, Peter said, "Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons." But don't, w- wouldn't that make God a respecter of persons if in this latter day? When he has already finished his revelation, as we've already studied tonight, he's finished his revelation. But Kenneth G. got insights into understanding it that you didn't get. Wouldn't that make God a respected person? Well, yeah, and he didn't, and God didn't reveal this until
1: 1970. What about uh, one of our ancestors who passed away in 1970 or 1968, before, uh, a couple of years before Kenneth G. started getting his revelation, uh, what about those people? Wouldn't that have made God a respecter of persons if he hadn't
2: revealed his will to them? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, con- continuing on al- along the line of uh, understanding what has been written, you know, we said uh, it can be understand- understood. God commands us to understand our salvation is contingent upon understanding and The fact of the matter is the Bible says that men have understood what God wanted them to do. For instance, back in the Old Testament, the prophet Nehemiah, chapter 8, verses 8 through 12, uh, in the days of Nehemiah, it says they read in the book, they read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared into them. So uh, God's revelation in the Old Testament was an understandable one, and people did understand it.
1: In the New Testament, the same is true. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20, beginning, talking about Christians, those living under the New Testament law, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ... They are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Talks about some people there, Dad, who had escaped the uh, the entangle- the uh, defilements of this world by a knowledge of the truth, and they had it would be better for them not to turn away from the knowledge of the truth. The people in the first century had a knowledge of God's will.
2: Exactly right. Um, You know, um, somebody might say, well, you just understand it one way and I understand it a different way. What about that? What about the idea that we just have different understandings? We, we understand, but we understand differently.
1: The idea is that there are many different truths and that uh, one thing might be truth for you. It's not truth for me, and we just should not condemn. We should allow that others have different understandings. You know, Dad, that would be the equivalent of saying that people have different revelations, that, uh, that uh, what Kenny G says might be truth, but uh, something else that is different than Kenny G, the Bible that's different than what Kenny G has
2: said, uh, could be truth as well. Well, the fact of the matter is truth. When you, t- when, you u- when you use the word truth, truth does not allow itself different understandings. For instance, mathematical truth. Mathematical truth is very narrow, you know when we think back to our days in grade school our math teachers expected us to have one correct answer and any answer other than that was not allowed it wasn't it wasn't allowed that you could understand the answer one way and somebody else understand it a different way and both would be okay truth is narrow and must be understood alike. If we understand we understand alike. If we uh, again uh, something that I remember all my life preachers describing is that if we if if you and I Jacob have a difference of understanding about the scripture then either you're wrong and I'm right or you're right and I'm wrong or we're both wrong. But we both can't be right if we have a difference of understanding.
1: You know, I, on the way over here tonight, I was listening to a political talk show, and uh, the host of the, of the program was saying he doesn't talk badly about other people's religion. He says, I don't talk bad about the Mormons. What what they believe is up to them and God, and I don't worry about that. I don't talk bad about the Catholics. I don't talk bad about the Baptists. It's well, up to them. I'm not going to talk bad about someone's religion, he says. But now the radical extreme Muslims, I'll talk bad about them because what they're doing, I don't, I don't agree with that. Well, he's talking about their religion there, right? So everyone makes, uh, draws a line somewhere where it says, well, you may believe it that way, but that's not right. Everyone will draw that line somewhere. We have to draw the line where the Bible draws a line, and that is the truth of God's word. We can understand them alike, and we should all believe them the same
2: way. Got an email from Keith in Lynchburg, uh, Tennessee. Keith, we're glad you're listening tonight. He says, it seems to me that all self-proclaimed prophets seem to self-destruct under all the pressure to maintain a lie. Look at all the ones that have done this, Jim Jones, David Koresh, and so forth. I think Keith is right. I mean, you know, the Bible describes the signs of a true prophet. And and we, we talked earlier about the prophets had confirmation, miraculous confirmation from God. False prophets also were, uh, th- their deeds were manifest. In fact, in, in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 7, Jesus said, beware of, this is Matthew chapter 7 verse 15, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves, Ye shall know them by their fruits. Uh, And then he goes on to say, um, well, he gives some examples. He says, do men uh, gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruit ye shall know them." well think of the ones that that uh, keith mentions in his email jim jones down there in guyana 900 people drank poison kool aid pretty pretty evil fruits there it seems does not david koresh was the guy down in waco texas uh, where he had all those people in that compound and ended up burning down uh, doesn't Doesn't appear the good fruits are not in evidence, and so I think that uh, Keith's uh, observation there is uh, right on. Thanks, Keith, for listening to the virtual Bible study tonight. Thank you for your comments, Keith. And we've got an email from Wade in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee. He says uh, it's a good thing that the compilers of the New Testament and the early church didn't wait on people like Kenneth G. to complete the Bible. Where would this world be if they did? Well we'd be in a complete quandary. I mean if it was not a finished work, we would have to we would have to be scanning uh, every newspaper uh, every day, every book published every week uh, every everything that popped up on the internet. We'd have to be scanning all of that, looking for shreds of truth or information that might be critical to our understanding and our salvation. Uh, as Wade says, if if it wasn't to finished work, we'd be in a mess. And I think that's exactly right. Thanks, Wade, for listening tonight.
1: All right. Well, Dad, I think that's a program. We're uh, out of time.
2: Well, I think it's an important program. And, we have, again, we want to express our appreciation to Kenneth G. And we told him before, even before we went on the air, we told him that we come from a different perspective and we disagree. Uh, but we do appreciate him taking the time to talk with us about uh his thinks his thinking and uh, and it gave us gave us the chance to investigate this important question of latter-day revelations and bottom line jacob is we if we believe the bible we have to believe that people are not receiving latter-day revelations or latter-day interpretations from god you know
1: what the bible teaches rules that out uh, there are no latter-day revelations the bible says that we have everything that we need Exactly right. Well, thank you for the program tonight, Dad. Thank you, Jacob. Enjoyed it. And we encourage you to try the spirits. There's a lot of false prophets in the world today. We need to try what we're being taught and make sure that it lines up with what God has revealed to us in his word, which has been revealed and which is complete and which has everything that we need to have in order to be pleasing to God. Appreciate you joining us on the program tonight. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week to join us on another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.